Hi there, Selena Kulkarni with another episode of the Freedom Warrior podcast. Each week I share with you the strategies, interviews and people's stories around the topic of wealth and financial freedom. On this episode, I'm super excited to have a great guest, Jackson Milan. He is one of the most passionate, most outspoken speakers on the topic of wealth and wealth creation. Um, He's someone who has a really interesting past. He discovered very early on in his career that the traditional financial planning path just wasn't for him. He started in an environment very similar to Wolf of Wall Street and has since over the last 10 years created a coaching business for business owners, which teaches them how to get the foundations right in order to build wealth with ease. Um, In this interview, he shares his own journey, shares the pains and struggles that he's had to overcome in order to create financial success for himself and that he now shares with business owners to help them on their journey around wealth creation. Now, for those of you who'd like to learn more about financial freedom through alternative methods, please head over to my website, freedomwarrior.com.au, where you can access my library of articles, interviews, and programs to help you on your way to becoming more financially free. Now on to the show. Yeah, Jackson Milan, so great to have you on. Thank you so much for carving out time in your day for us. I'm looking forward to having a chat, Selena. So look, I've, um, I've been a long admirer of yours now, and um, it's been really great to get to know you in recent months. I, um, I think one of the things that kind of stands out for me as a metaphor for not only how you think and how you do business is a complete uh, dynamo. Um, you are a machine when it comes to innovating and thinking up new things around the concepts of wealth. And what I loved about connecting with you is philosophically how similar our thinking and mindsets are. So if you don't mind, I'd I'd actually like to maybe try and reveal a side of you today that maybe people wouldn't have heard. Um, So I'd love to really kind of take you back and say, look, tell me a little bit about how money showed up in your home and how that influenced where you are today. I really appreciate that. I'm very honoured and I appreciate the the kind words, Selena. Now, I think I never came from a money of family, a family of money, should I say. There was never a lot of money around, to be honest. Um, I found that my parents and all of the people around me growing up always struggle with money. And I found myself at a very early age identifying with this and understanding this um, of really having fond or having memories, some fond, some not so fond memories of the absence of money. And I also, looking back, saw that there was a lot of instances where entrepreneurship and my kind of destiny to have this kind of positive relationship with money were were appearing from a very young age. One of which being when I was around about kind of three years old, I went to my my mum's friend's house uh, and he had two young daughters. We were playing in the front yard, early 90s, so you could still do that back then without uh, being fearful of, uh, of getting kidnapped and just kind of doing what kids do. Now, I remember as if it were yesterday, I had this, this memory that came to me, this, this, this really this urge to round up all of my toys, put them into a cart, and then essentially walk door to door and sell my belongings. Wow. And I remember just getting, roping these kids into following me around, going around this neighborhood, knocking door to door of selling things that kids typically, they're, they're, they're prized possessions. But I had such a relationship with money that I could see the opportunity to exchange my belongings for currency. I don't know how long we were gone. I think it was late afternoon and I just finished closing a sale 
and I saw a squad car rock up out the front of this house. Oh no! Um, jumped out of the back in hysterics, thinking that I'd who knows what has happened, and her wrapping me up in her arms, and me having absolutely no idea what I'd done wrong. And I had these instances throughout my entire childhood, but honestly, I never realized that I was going to be an entrepreneur and actually get into the world of finance until much later. Um, my primary passion was actually helping animals. Wow. I, wanted to be, I wanted to be a vet. Uh, and my entire childhood, my earliest, one of my earliest memories of what I wanted to do with my life was to be a vet. But I got to a point where I had a career counselor who gave me some really tough advice. They said, Jackson, you've never applied yourself at school. You've not been on the right study path. You're terrible at science. You're not going to make it into your degree in veterinary science. You realize you need to get like a 98.9 UAI to even get into the course. And I'm like, oh, wow. My entire reality kind of hit me in the face. And everything that I thought was going to become my purpose and what I was going to devote my life to uh, had suddenly been torn down in one sentence. So I asked my dad for advice, as most young boys do. And I always took my dad's advice very literally. And my old man was always a do what I say, not what I do type of person. Great at giving advice, terrible of taking it for himself. Mm -hmm. I said, dad, what am I going to do? Um, what am I going to do with my life? And he goes, well, okay, what do you want to do? And he goes, well, I want, I want to make money. And he goes, okay, if you want to make money, you need to be around money. And I took that in the most literal sense of his advice. And I decided to get a traineeship as soon as I left high school, did my HSC. I got terrible marks. Um, and I said, okay, I'm going to go and try and find a traineeship, knock on doors, do whatever I have to, to get an opportunity to become a financial advisor. Because I realized and I recognized in my teenage years that I needed to break the cycle of my parents being these really, really hard workers, but never being able to achieve any form of financial freedom. And I thought that financial advice and being a financial advisor would be the solution to that. And was so it? It wasn't. I quickly found myself in a role as a trainee financial advisor in a place called the Financial Advice Centre. This was a massive bullpen in the city, Sydney CBD with about 300 or 400 reps on the phone in hardcore sales environment. It looked as close to the Wolf of Wall Street as you could possibly <laughs> oh, imagine. Wow. And they, it was a predatory, toxic environment. I could still... I still remember the feeling of walking in there the first day. The, 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 the culture that was there, it just felt wrong. And what I thought financial advice was to what I'd come into was this stark contrast. And what I could see is these individuals that were on the phone, closing sales, making this big deal and hoo-ha whenever they close sales, ringing bells and screaming and carrying on. And I could see that they were benefiting from this so-called advice they were giving to their clients but they weren't firstly practicing the same advice they were giving their clients. They were doing things that were completely different, which seemed very weird to me. And from what I saw, none of these clients were anywhere, any way, shape or form getting closer to financial freedom where these individuals who were getting these huge commissions were driving around in nice sports cars and living in, in penthouse apartments in the city. So I, I realized I go, wow, this is not where I'm supposed to be. And I kept searching and I couldn't find a place 
that mirrored what I thought financial advice was supposed to be. So I took it upon myself to design what I refer to as the values-based advice model. And it's been basically our flagship and my, my kind of life's mission to really change the landscape of financial advice in Australia. So 14 years later, here we are. Fantastic. What a, what a great story. Funnily enough, uh, I actually grew up with a passion for wanting to be a vet as well. Fantastic. Um, unfortunately, uh, I didn't go down that path because I, I couldn't actually stand the sight of um, flesh on dogs being cut for desexing operations. But sure. um, that's another story. Um, look, fascinating story. I think one of the things, one of the threads I'd like to pull on there is... Um, you know, you and I often talk in terms of being quite contrarian in our views and approach to wealth. Um, from a philosophical viewpoint, you know, one of the things I think the wealth industry does very well is they set out to make building wealth seem hard. You know, where are you philosophically on that point? I fundamentally don't agree with it. And I think that this has turned into a vicious cycle, Selena, where the industry has been built based on complexity and the complexity has created an industry that relies on that complexity to be able to validate their, their, their value, their worth to their clients. Like mm -hmm. Selena, you, you can't set up that super fund. I have to set that up for you. You don't even have access to be able to manage your portfolio. I have to create that portfolio for you. Oh, you want to sell down that asset? Okay, I need to do that for you. And it's ultimately meant that the majority of value exchange is not real and tangible value for clients, which is something that I fundamentally disagree with. My entire value proposition and what I wrote about in my book a few years ago was to demystify and debunk a lot of the common misconceptions that people have around money. Yep. Money, when you boil it down, is not difficult. It is simple. And if, if you're, but it's simple if you approach it from the right way. My motto has always been anyone can make anything hard making things simple as an art form. And I've devoted the better part of the last decade to simplifying the language of money. So everyday people, particularly business owners, have the ability to understand money and learn how to make it work for them. And it's something that I think that it is not a threat. It is not a threat. As an advisor, you should not be threatened by simplicity. Simplicity is, is, is the ideal outcome that you want to get for your clients. And the idea should be that if things are simple and your clients still see value in your service and are still willing and happy to pay for your service, it means you're doing the right thing. Because what we say to our clients is that, Selena, we'll, we give you the tools and we give you everything that you need to make us redundant if you want to. I love that. I they love never that. do. Yeah. They value the service so much. Let, let me take a different tack here. I think one of the things you mentioned early on was uh, about your father um, you know, say as I say, as I do, as I say, not as I do. Um, I think one of the things that, you know, everyday consumers and, and business owners are looking for is alignment with, you know, what you say and what you do and whether you walk your own talk. Um, if, if we look at you and, and your own investing journey, um, you know, if you look at your own stewardship around money and, and you, you've talked about, you know, overcoming maybe some beliefs that, you might have had when you were younger. How has that, how has that changed um, yeah. you know, on, that, on that topic of stewardship? It's changed hugely. Very early in my career, I very much inherited my, my parents' beliefs. Um, and I, I believe that, that most of us inherit our, the way that we manage money from either our parents or from our own first-hand experiences that we've had. And for a very long time, I was a do-what-I-say-and-not-what-I-do advisor. 
but I got to a point in my life and I realized that something needed to give. Like, did I want to look back on my career and be able to say, okay, well, I've helped all of my clients achieve all these phenomenal outcomes, but I wasn't able to achieve the same results for myself. Like, in my opinion, there's no better validation of success than being able to prove that you've done it yourself. And I haven't always been lucky uh, or successful with money. My first serious business was a massive failure. I just, I was kicking a tin down the road and it wasn't until years later after I'd invested multi six figures into that business that I realized that I was dragging a dead horse. Mm. One, it was something that I wasn't passionate about. It was actually a, a men's fashion business. And um, that basically the idea came about when my old man got diagnosed with late stage cancer. Um, I then became the primary breadwinner for the household. And my genius idea was not to double down on my advice career because I was working for a bank at the time and I couldn't see the opportunity, but to start a fashion business from scratch with no designing experience, <laughs> uh, no e-commerce experience, basically threw myself into the deepest of the deep end and, and was, was out of necessity. And we got through, but when I got out the other side and I really asked myself, was I passionate about that business? No, it was a means to an end and it was pure pursuit of profit, mm. which in actual fact, it didn't produce for me. So I was able to say, okay, I'm going to I'm going to concede defeat. I'm going to swallow my ego, swallow my pride. I'm going to wind up the business and admit failure and I'm going to claw my way back. And then I decided that I'm going to selfishly create an advice model that is for me. How do I, somebody who's come from humble beginnings, been taught not necessarily great values around money and has struggled myself. How do I selfishly create an end to end advice model that is simple, sustainable and scalable. And that became my values based advice system that I follow each and every single day and has ultimately made me millions and made my clients over $1.2 billion in combined wealth over the last decade. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. If you think about your own journey as an investor, what, what's been your biggest struggle or tension ar- around that wealth building exercise? Yeah, I think the big one is that early in my career, being a highly dominant young male, um, still looking for get rich quick. Yeah. Like in my book, I talk about my own experience trading CFDs um, and thinking that I had it all mapped out thinking that I discovered, unlocked the secret to being a genius trader and doing a lot of damage. Um, And then it was when I created my values-based advice model, I quickly realized that fundamentally there are three ways to make money in this world predictably. There is business, owning your own business and scaling your own business will always be, if you do it successfully and do it the right way, the number one contributor to your wealth, like success leaves clues. Look at any rich list in the world and the majority of those people are there because of business. So that must be a good indicator, right? But business is risky. So as part of my model, I I, I designed a mechanism for converting business profit into personal wealth. And I personally believe that as you're building a foundation and until such time as you can divest yourself from your business and create more bandwidth, personal wealth should be passive. And we do that through good quality blue chip property in highly desirable areas that follow the five key fundamental factors that drive macroeconomic growth and index-based and ETF share investment. No stock picking, broad diversification and accumulation play 
over time because the mechanism is not the stock picking, it's getting money into the market. Yeah, I love that. That's amazing. Tell, tell me, um, you know, people would probably look at you and, and, you know, a lot of your collateral and marketing materials and they would say, boy, you know, he's got it easy. Um, how would you respond to that? Look, it's not been easy. Anybody who tells you business is easy is a liar. Um, there is nothing easy about business. And to be honest, although wealth can be simple, it's not easy. And I think that the, the thing where the complexity and the risk comes is human behavior. All of us are all driven and the biggest limiting factor in our lives is always ourself. And the success or lack thereof you have in your business or the success and lack thereof you have in your personal wealth creation all starts up here in your mindset. And I think if, and a lot of the work we do with our clients initially is about how do we build what we call the million dollar mindset. And it was when I finally discovered, okay, this is my destiny. This is my purpose. Here is how I align purpose to profit. And that I found that although business is not easy, it's extremely difficult, but I'm pursuing a worthy goal. And I, the tasks that I do, I don't see as work, although they're difficult. It's, it's like a game for me. I really enjoy it. Um, and it's, yeah, it's finding, that. finding that purpose is so important. So nothing comes easy. It's just about perseverance that counts. Yeah, no, I, I can totally appreciate that. I'm, I'm curious to understand, like, there's, there's obviously a lot of um, uh, uncertainty in the market. There's a lot of business owners in a lot of pain right now. Um, if you were to just pause and reflect on, you know, where you see the greatest opportunities over the next five to 10 years for business owners, um, you know, how would you reply to that? Yeah. So there's really three key fundamentals that we use. So our, our model is what we call the wealth mastery machine. It's the, the model that we use ourselves as business owners. And there's really three key outcomes that we're trying to, to create. We're trying to maximize profit in our business. So ideally we want to at least create 400K a year in profit. And that is after you've paid yourself a market rate salary. Next thing is about creating free time because bandwidth is our rarest commodity. Time is the only thing you're not getting any more of. So how do we get you to a point where you can work four days a week and 44 weeks a year? So we worked it out that we've got a budget per year of about 7,040 hours to achieve that goal. So how are you using that time? And the third thing is wealth. Are you maximizing the profit that you're creating to build personal wealth with the ultimate objective of trying to build at least $4 million of net wealth outside of your business? So those are our North stars. So the big question for you, and if you're a business owner at the moment, ask yourself, how are you working towards those three goals to create more profit, more free time and more personal wealth? And the follow-up question to that, and one of our mentors uses this saying a lot is, and it's something that I've adopted, is does it make the boat go faster? The reality is, is those are the goals. So is the activity and the things that you're investing in leading you closer to those goals and objectives, or is it taking you away? Because there are plenty of shiny objects out there. Mm. And I think the biggest risk for everyone, and I've seen this in many businesses over the course of the last six months through this coronavirus situation, is people have pivoted, but they've pivoted the wrong way. Can you expand on that? Well, I think that there's been so much emphasis on pivoting. You, you can't stay still. You need to move. You can't stagnate. We need to pivot and, and innovate and, and shift our direction. 
But unless you're clear on the North Star for you, it's sometimes very difficult for you to know whether you're pivoting the right way. And we've seen some businesses pivot in the complete wrong direction. They've actually pivoted in the direction where the market hasn't been conducive to allowing them to succeed, grow and thrive in that environment. So firstly is, do you have a good foundation in your business? Have you got the ability to achieve that profit goal and continue to succeed over the course of the next 12 months and beyond? Then once you've got that, then how do you maximize your time? So you're spending time on the high value. And then once you've got that, how do you make sure that you diversify and then convert your business profits into personal wealth so you can start taking chips off the table? Start considering some of the property strategies that, that you specialize in, Selena, um, because you need that bandwidth to be able to, to go through that due diligence process, to learn the tools and be able to start building that passive income stream out of your business because there's a lot of uncertainty out there. Yeah, a lot of gold in that. I, um, I want to really kind of just finish off, Jackson, with a, a question around like, you know, who are the businesses that you work with? Like who's a great fit for, for what you do? Yeah, we work exclusively with service-based business owners. So most of our clients are coaches, consultants, agency owners, allied health professionals, fitness businesses. Um, we work with individuals who align with purpose that really want to be the best at what they do. And they uh, have already got a proven offer that they really love their business and they're delivering a ton of value, but their business isn't necessarily producing them the amount of profit, the amount of cash flow, the amount of opportunity that they feel they should be making at this stage of the game. What we help them do is we help them remove cash flow bottlenecks in their business that are either detracting from their growth or consuming their precious cash flow. We help them maximize that profit and then we help them turn that business profit into personal wealth so they can get to financial freedom as quickly as possible. Yeah, love that. Look, we'll, we'll certainly include it in the show notes, but for anyone listening to this podcast in a place where they can't write it down, um, do you have somewhere in particular you'd like to send people? Yep. So we've got a really great free Facebook group uh, that we, we share a lot of great value. Um, so if you search for six and seven figure CEOs, turning business profit into wealth, uh, we'll include a, a link to the, uh, to the community or connect with me on Facebook. Um, search for Jackson Milan on Facebook, add me as a friend. Um, I share a lot of great content all of the time. I'm, I'm a big believer in the, the content piece. I'm just giving people just those little bits of information that they need um, each day, each week that helps them make those micro adjustments to keep them on the, on the right path. Um, love to connect, see how I can help. Uh, Jackson, it's been awesome having you on today. Um, you are an absolute fountain of knowledge. I might have to actually bring you back for a second episode in the future just to, to mine a little bit more of that. I'd love to. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Freedom Warrior podcast and a few things before you take off. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on future episodes. And I'd really appreciate it if you could rate and review my podcast to help more people find it. Also, each week I send out a unique email newsletter where I share some of the most cutting edge and interesting things I've found during the week to help you on your journey to financial freedom. And finally, if you're interested in fast tracking towards being financially free, please check out my programs where I help you get onto the path of generating a significant six-figure passive income through investing. If you're interested, head over to freedomwarrior.com.au to find out if it's suitable for you. Till next time, take care. See you on the next episode and bye for now.